Welcome to the Woot and Why NFL podcast, proudly brought to you by William Hill, where you'll find faster, easier betting on the NFL. Hey guys, it's Why here. Before we start listening to our week one NFL preview, just a heads up that we recorded this podcast on Monday evening during a mega podcast session to get ready for the NFL season. At the time of recording, Carson Wentz had not been named the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. There was some concerns over his rib injury, but since then has been named the starter. And we mentioned the Minnesota and Tennessee game. There were no markets open at the time of recording. Since recording and days have passed, that is now up and you can get the Vikings at $1.80 straight and the Tennessee Titans at $2.00. Five and the line is minus two in favour of the Vikings. Sean Hill is named atop the depth chart. Who knows whether we'll see Sam Bradford or not, but please bear that in mind before you listen to the rest of this preview and enjoy the uh, NFL kickoff game on Friday and enjoy week one. We'll be back next week on Tuesday or Wednesday to recap all the action and preview Thursday night football and enjoy this episode. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Wood and Why Show. Week one edition! Woo! We're so here! NFL season! Finally here, and we're going to be. This is, this is going to be a reoccurring uh, podcast each and every week. Yep. Do you want to run it? Th- yeah, I'll run, run it, through? run through. Similar to last year, uh, basically, we're going to do probably two and a half shows a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I say half a show, we're going to do a Moneyball episode for everyone in regards to DFS uh, once a week. That's only a little 20-minute podcast for everyone, purely talking about the best fantasy players of the week. And then these these two shows that, that we do every week, so uh, similar to what we are about to do in this show, except normally it'll be a little bit longer because we'll be discussing some uh, recaps from the week that was and and things like that. So basically, from next week, we'll, we'll be doing a show that'll be up on Thursday morning at the latest. Uh, we'll recap all the action from Monday and Tuesday, so that's all the games that uh, happened excluding Thursday Night Football. We'll recap all that and just talk about the main talking points. We're not going to go through who had this in the box score or who had that if you listened to the show last year. Uh, we prefer to just talk about other things and debates and topics and drama around because there's drama every single week, as we've learnt. It's fun. It's like its own little mini-series, and the NFL. We, and the, the fun part about that is we, when we debate, we come up with some really bold claims and then six weeks later it looks ridiculous. Like I think Remember last year, I think we were talking about Sean Payton and... Drew Brees, and we thought that one of them would go and end up ends up Sean Payton getting an extension. Yeah, so they just renew their vows, and yeah. that's what happened. And away we go. So yeah. it's stuff like that that we'll discuss each week. So uh, and then so basically after we recap all that sort of stuff uh, from from weeks uh, from Monday and Tuesday, we will then preview the Thursday night football game with our uh, with our bet with our best bet. So we do have a betting aspect to it, but. Um, we talk about the actual game itself beforehand and then just incorporate betting at the end of it. Um, the line, the Vegas lines is a good way to see where the money is going and how much a team is expected to win over another team and what matchups they can exploit by looking at the numbers and all that sort of stuff. So it does help you analyze the game and preview it and talk about that. And then the other show, obviously, is similar to this one where we talk about all the upcoming games and preview it and then we'll recap the Thursday night football game. Mm-hmm. Have I explained that okay? Mate, that was one of the most concise things that you've ever said. That is correct. But two weeks, two shows a week, basically. One previewing all the games, one recapping all the games with some Thursday night football action thrown in. I do love Thursday night football, though. It does complicate things when you're trying to record podcasts and things because you've got a less time to get things done. Yeah. But it means that you get an extra day of football. And, and I love Friday at lunchtime watching it in the pub. If there's any listeners still listening after that ridiculously <laughs> long intro... Get tuned for some for some spicy picks. Yes, that's it. You so um, yeah, exactly. Is there anything else before we move on? No, I want to. I want to start trying my luck at what I think is going to happen week one for the season. That we'll probably get fifty fifty right, and we'll see how we well, go. Well, it's funny. Week one we did really really well last week, and then week two just hit the fan, and I it was a crazy I week really two. Really think it went well, bad, bad, well, something like that. Yeah, and, and then we started again to a rhythm. We did all right last year. Like we actually ended up, you know, against the spread around that 58, 60 percent mark. Um, 
I think I, I finished at 63 and you were at 59. So we yeah. did really, really well um, the back end of the season. So, And um, for those that, you know, don't, um, like, you know, want to... We're obviously, um, when we're deciding on our picks, we're picking against or for the line, like, you know, yeah. like that. If you don't like doing that, we have tipping comps that don't have the line. Yes. And we also have our pick'ems. Yes. The weekly pick'ems is on NFL.com. So we've posted that on Twitter and Facebook. Um, password's Blaine Plain. Um, you just sign up. Free. The best score at the end of the year wins an NFL jersey. That's it. So join that. You've got a few days left and away we go. But if you like us and, you know... Yep. Want to waste our hard-earned money. <laughs> <laughs> Want to be degenerates? Yeah. Then come along for the ride. Okay. All right, let's get let's get straight into uh, the NFL lines. This week's NFL lines are brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. All right. Thanks, thanks Axel. Yeah, great job. All right, let's start with the season opener of the NFL. I can't believe we're saying this. It feels like the off-season's gone for so long. Yet- I felt like we were just talking about this game. Carolina and, and Denver. Denver. Yes. <laughs> Funny you say that. I didn't even... I, I was about to say Super Bowl rematch, but it didn't quite hit me that that was the last game. Yeah. <laughs> yes, nice. Josh. The Super Bowl <laughs> is the last game. Yeah, we we are considered, uh, and I quote-unquote, experts in NFL, and I still don't know that. All right. Carolina minus three on the road at Denver at uh, Mile High Field, plus three. Obviously, the Denver Broncos are the Super Bowl champions. They... Not embarrassed Cam, but they embarrassed Mike Rammers and got to Cam and and demolished them in that Super Bowl. And it was a, a huge upset win. Carolina were about seven and a half point favorites in that game. The lines decreased a little bit. Denver obviously have some big changes at the quarterback position. The corpse of Peyton Manning, who played quarterback for them last season, is retired, and rightly so. And Trevor Simeon, the seventh-round pick from Northwestern, is starting at quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Thoughts on that and the Denver Broncos offense with Simeon. To be honest, the obviously the Denver the Denver Broncos defense changed 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 sli- changed slightly. However, is still just you know a completely so elite unit. Yep. Carolina's defense is not too far away, and this is going to be a like I think this is going to be a real tough ask for Trevor Simeon. This is going to be this is you know being thrown completely into the lines end, mm. and even though Newton obviously. Didn't have much success against this defense. This is this is like this isn't the playoffs. He knows that the se- the season doesn't ride on this. He can you know take his shots. He can take more risks. He can yeah. you know, do that kind of thing. I think, but then that can backfire. I do yeah. think he will be able to handle it far more better than what Trevor Simeon might be able to. Yep. And you mentioned Carolina's defense. Uh, there there is still some holes to be exploited in their secondary. They've got rookie cornerbacks for one, and Ben A. Benique as well. Obviously, Josh Norman gone. I feel like a really smarter quarterback and a really good quarterback could exploit that, but I'm not sure if Trevor Simeon is qualified or experienced enough to exploit that yet in his career. And with that front seven, you you add Vernon Butler to the mix with Kwan Short and and Charles Johnson. It's gonna have there's gonna be a lot of pressure on Simeon and a lot of times where he's the pockets collapsed and he's under pressure, and, and that's gonna be time where those rookie cornerbacks could be able to feast and and come away with a takeaway. So. It's it's tough. Like it's it's hard to pick against Denver, given that most, including us, picked against them in the Super Bowl. I think my girlfriend was the only one that uh, on our Super Bowl preview that picked the Broncos purely, just because that was the only team she knew. Um, but I'm mean, doing it again. I, I think Carolina will win this game uh, minus three. Look, I think, and if you've listened to our AFC and NFC pick the lines and our uh, Super Bowl prediction podcast that we re- that we uploaded uh, just the other day. You know that we think Denver are still going to have a good season, but I think they'll start zero and one. I concur. Yeah, it's it's merely because of Trevor Simeon being thrown up against this 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 pass rush. How do you think the offensive line for Denver is going to hold up? I think it's a lot better. Their, their offensive line is a lot better than last year. Last year, I know they lost Evan Mathis, but they've got a lot of players back. Um, Tyson Brelo, another higher round draft picks back. Russell Okun is there now as well, and I feel like. Uh, it'll be a lot better, but it's against K1 Short and things like that. They're going to be under trouble yeah, early and often, I think, from this from this defensive line. Yep, all right, I agree. Yeah, so we're both taking uh, Carolina minus three. What did you thought on the total game score at 42? Uh, seems about right. Yeah. Tempted to go with the under, but you just never know when Cam just will light it up. And you... <laughs> 
You yeah. mentioned the the cornerbacks for Carolina are yeah. the possible weaknesses. Yep. Who's not to say that you know they drop this perfect game plan and Demarius Thomas and Sanders. Sanders just completely blitz these corners. Yeah. I feel like total game score markets will make a lot more sense probably weeks three and four onwards. Early on, it's tough to really get a scope for these, especially these two teams where there's a lot of changes for Carolina on defense and Denver on offense. But yeah. both taking Carolina minus three in the season opener. What a what a game, though, to start with the Super Bowl rematch. It's, uh, it's exciting. Let's move on to some other 3 a.m. games here in Sydney, and that's uh, the Green Bay Packers uh, traveling to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The line is at minus four and a half, and it is a pick 'em. By the way, that that Carolina line dollar eighty three for minus three, two dollars uh, for Denver at the time of recording. It obviously the lines and prices move; they fluctuate. Uh, Green Bay minus four, dollar ninety one. Jacksonville plus four, four and a half at a dollar ninety one. Thoughts on this game? Jacksonville, very buzzy team this off season. They're a very buzzy team. If this was to be played at Green Bay, I could easily see this price, this this line being pushed out double of what what it currently sits at. But huge. We don't know. We we no one really knows what to expect of this Jacksonville unit. No. I think we we can we understand that with a full complement of weapons and a healthy Eddie Lacy and Jordy Nelson back, that Green Bay will be you know efficient on offense. So you can yep. see them racking up points. It's kind of just. Waiting and seeing on how this Green Bay defensive unit is also shaping yeah, up, and I, how I really like the team on paper. Yeah, and if this Jack- Jacksonville Jaguars offense is going to take another step with Bortles and the Allen Keys and Julius Thomas and everyone back and healthy and stuff, so it's going to be interesting. I think four and a half is, I don't know. I think it's still a little bit, you know, it's not enough for me to like consider it, you know, a real coin toss. I think, I think it's at a good place to take the. Uh, Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I agree. I'm taking the Packers. And Jacksonville looked great on paper as well. Like, Green Bay looked great on paper. It's a great roster top to bottom. There's some really... Apart from the Josh Shitton loss just a minute ago, uh, just yesterday, really, uh, it's tough to... That's the only weakness you see now, but obviously you trust them to, to make up for that, and they must trust the next guy up. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made that move. So, Jacksonville obviously looked great on paper, but I've seen it from Green Bay. I've seen this team, most of this team on paper, play well as a unit. I haven't seen that from Jacksonville yet. I've seen glimpses of it. I haven't seen Bortles in crunch time where a game's on the line very often. I want to see him able to do that. That's more of a longer-term issue with the Jags. In this game, I think getting that continuity together and getting a feel for how to play with each other uh, as a team and, and, and as a unit will take some time for Jacksonville, but I think they'll be a stronger team down the stretch. But just early on, I think they'll struggle. It's a tough... Tough ask to have the Green Bay Packers, who were one of the Super Bowl favorites, coming into your home to play. I, I like Green Bay minus four and a half. I, um, I I like that line a lot. Yeah, I, I don't really have much more to say. I think Green Bay, going into the season, I can't see them starting off with a loss. No. Nope. All right. Uh, Buffalo plus three to dollar ninety five, traveling to Baltimore, who are minus three to dollar eighty seven. I'm looking at this more and more and thinking I shouldn't be going with Buffalo. I think I'm. I think I'm going to go Baltimore. Is there so many? Is there two teams playing each other with more question marks? I trust Flacco more than Tyrod. I think that's what I'm going to go with. Baltimore's playing at home, and they have a, a quarterback that you know I'm not thrilled with. If if this game was switched and it was Buffalo at home, I'd take Buffalo. Mm. Um, I think they're a different team on the road. Uh, I, I'm not sh- like I, I. Yeah, I trust Flacco more obviously than Tyrod Taylor, but I I don't know about Flacco's knee. I still. I'm still not convinced about this. Like, I'm not saying I'm not convinced about him. I just haven't seen enough of him with coming back from that knee surgery. Just gives me that little concern in the back of my mind about his movement and flexibility. Looking at this game, I think the 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 line of three, whatever team wins, I don't see it actually being that close. I think one team is going to find the upper hand and not run away with it, but win, say, by 10. Yep. Don't you think? Yeah. At the moment, it's kind of sitting there like... We don't know who these teams are. They, like you said, both have so many question marks. Yep. Their quarterbacks, there's question marks whether, like, how they're going to perform. I know Buffalo have a, um, they have LaShawn McCoy. Baltimore have just gotten rid of Forsett. We don't know if he's coming back, even though signs point to that he is. Yep. And then um, Baltimore's getting Perriman back. So how's he going to perform? And, and Bal- like that. Baltimore have so many players who will be playing their first game back off really severe injuries from last year. Lots of them in, in crucial positions as well. And then Buffalo have so many players out or suspended. Yeah, and this same like sorry, and you see like 
Eric Weddle is like, what kind of impact is he going to make? Or yep. will he be a liability that is, you know, aging? And I mean, I've, that's why I think I'm going with Baltimore. That there's just, they're at home. They have a safer quarterback. I think there's a few more level heads and, you know, kind of. I uh, trust the coaching unit more as well. Okay. Uh, I, co- I trust John Harbour a lot more than Rex Ryan. Yeah. This is a, a game I'm not touching though. I'm a, it's a clear avoid in terms of betting, but we, we pick every game here, mm-hmm. and we're both on Baltimore minus three. Yeah. You've just changed during the pot. I have. Great work. All right, let's move on. Chicago at Houston, plus six is the line. You can get Chicago plus six at $1.95. Houston minus six at $1.87. J.J. Watt is playing. It's been revealed by Ian Rappaport that he is set to play despite the back injury. He's recovered and will be on the field. Whether he's at 100% will not know, but I guess... Even if you get like a seventy percent JJ Watt, better than most players, defensive players in the NFL. Yeah, and a player like Jay Cutler doesn't generally, it doesn't generally go well for him when you have players like JJ Watt and Jadavian Clowney running at you. I mean, it, it doesn't bode well for any Anyone. quarterback. Yep. But uh, a player that's you know not the most mobile. N- not even not even that. Kind of like I'm not going to throw it away. I'm going to believe in myself. I'm going to make this throw. I and, trust my arm. Yeah, and Too more much. often than not, he will throw the interception. So I think I, that pass rush is looking good. It's looking good. They um, There's a few question marks over the Chicago running game, which I think isn't going to get running. I don't think it's actually going to get off the ground. I think it's going to be stifled quite a lot with um, the defensive line of Houston. Yep. Even though there's question marks about Osweiler and how that's going to perform... There's not much of, like there's not many better ways to start than against a Chicago defense. So they he can kind of ease into that and I think 6 is, you know, that's pretty good. I think I, I like Houston at home in that. I think they should cover a touchdown at least and and win this game. You mentioned the Chicago defense. I like what they've done over the offseason on that defensive line, but they haven't addressed the secondary enough for me to get really excited and someone like DeAndre Hopkins is going to get open early and often and and should feast even if Brock Osweiler is having a bad day. I think he, he's a guy that likes to look at his first read, and DeAndre Hopkins is always going to be open as his first read. Some of those tougher matchups, I won't trust Osweiler as much, but yeah, you're right. Even Josh Sitton returning, not returning, but joining the Bears, you still yeah, still can't trust them to, as, to, to get a run game against this Houston front seven. Yeah, and as God, uh, as God, as God-like and as good as Josh Sitton is, mm. he... I don't no. see him stopping no. J.J. Watt, Jadavian Clowney. And he's got, what, like six days to get used to playing in this Bears? It's, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, Jay Cutler's not the easiest guy to block for. <laughs> he's he's everywhere. Yeah. Trust his arm too much. I, I think you nailed that. He'll just throw it no matter what, and that's what's going to happen with him. So live and die by the Cutler. Yep. All right, let's move on to your Philadelphia Eagles, who are hosting the Cleveland Browns. The line's moved. Since the news of the Sam Bradford trade, the line's currently at uh, minus four. There's no odds up on William Hill currently uh, as at the time of recording because the Sam Bradford trade has just sort of happened and the news is still uh, wavering around. So the, the, the line is four at this point, uh, minus four to Philly, plus four to Cleveland. Yeah, even though Philadelphia is currently, you know, at that line, is likely to be the most heavily priced favorite out of every team. You and I are both going in the opposite direction. Yeah, I uh, Chase Daniel starting for no for Philly. No, if if Wentz is healthy, which they think he will be, okay, he will be starting. They were hoping that he um, was going to make the fourth preseason game, but okay. then they didn't want to risk him. So, right. so he's, he should be right. Well, hopefully, that's what we're hoping for. Mm. And I didn't see enough from Carson Wentz in that first preseason game to to give me confidence in them. Lifting despite the garbage hot mess that the Cleveland Browns defense is. It is shocking. And I am really concerned about RG3's ability to stay upright and protected against this Philadelphia front seven, who I think is among the best in the NFL under Jim Schwartz. So while we're saying all that, all signs are pointing to Philly, I just don't know whether the Philly offense can generate enough points or distance themselves enough because Cleveland and RG3 seem to have connected this deep passing game that I can see that they can exploit against Philly. Philly don't have corners. They've got a great safety pairing, but their corners are young and inexperienced and, and will get better as the season goes on. But in week one, I think, you know, Corey Coleman and Terrell Pryor uh, and Gary Barnage can, can really get, get open. To be honest, I 
do I think this is going to be a close game. I don't see it blowing out either side necessarily. I think the linebackers in front seven for Philadelphia are fast enough to contain RG3 escaping the pocket and running. Yep. But I also think that the pass rush is also fast fast enough and, you know, powerful enough to get to RG3 to pressuring him into making those quick throws. And also, you've got, like, say, three linebackers such as um, Hicks, Kendricks, and Bradham, um, Bradham who are decent at coverage. Yep. So... There's plenty of opportunities for it to be a turnover fest. And, I mean, I, I do think it'll be... It, I, I think the line will be close to fall. But I think that there's too many question marks about Carson Wentz. You've got no idea how he'll come in. Yeah, exactly. If it was Chase Daniel to start, I'd take Cleveland easily. I don't wow. have that much faith in Chase Daniel at okay. the moment. I, I just think it, it'll be like a one-point or a three-point game. I think there'll be a field goal to win it, or there'll be a touchdown drive to, to go ahead by one, and that'll, that'll be the... Uh, the deciding factor in this game. Rumors are that Chase Daniel's not very happy about the decision to start Carson Wentz with you know one oh, quarter under I his belt. I don't blame him. They've gave him a bucket load of money. He thought he might see some time this year, and now it might not be. Yeah. He had more chance with Sam Bradford starting that he'd see some time because that was the plan. But now yep. that they're just saying, all right, trial, trial Wentz for the whole year. See you later, Daniel. You won't see much of Daniel. All right, let's move on to a division rivalry game. We've got Tampa Bay traveling. To Atlanta, the line is three in favor of Atlanta. You can get two dollars for them minus three, and dollar eighty three plus three for Tampa Bay. Tough game to tough game to look at. But every time I think of Tampa Bay and Atlanta, I think of Julio Jones just dominating Tampa's uh, secondary uh, and cornerbacks, and I just see that Julio Matt Ryan connection working wonders for them again. And I think they'll cover that minus three. I'm a bit higher on Atlanta than you are, so I'd be interested to see. Your thoughts, I do love the addition of Vernon Hargraves and Noah Spence, and I think they'll generate some pass rush. But you've got to think as well that Atlanta have now added Alex Mack in their line. is starting to look really good, and, and I think Matt Ryan will have some more time, and, and Julio will be able to get open and should have a big game. Yeah, similar to how I view Buffalo and Baltimore, I think whoever does get the upper hand early in this could win by 10-plus. I think it could go that way. Saying that, the line is three for a reason, and it could it could very well be that. This is a game that I'm not touching and wouldn't want to touch because I don't, you know, don't, there's too many question marks over both teams. I mean, it's going to be the case for a lot of teams in week one that there's going to be a lot of, you know, question marks around everything heading into the season. But I like, I, I mean, I don't like what Atlanta has on defense. I just don't see enough to stop Winston in his second year, Evans in his second year, Evans, who there were so many just drop balls and missed touchdowns that he could have had, that could have, you know, his stats could have skyrocketed in com- in comparison to what he did last year. I know Vincent Jackson, um, you know, he's on the downside, downside, downslope, downslope of his career, but you know, he's always still a legitimate threat. He's still a big uh, red zone target and things like that. And Cameron Braid is coming on, you know, leaps and bounds. My so boy. he's got plenty of targets. Doug Martin just keeps, you know, proving that he's never down and out, the muscle hamster, <laughs> as he doesn't want to be called. No. And, uh, yeah, I do think the Julio-Matt uh, Ryan connection will be fine. You said Alex Mack is a big um, factor, but I just don't see enough on the Atlanta defense to stop what Tampa has. Yeah, I, I can see both offenses putting up a lot of points. Um, Winston's a gunslinger. Matt Ryan's a gunslinger. The the total game score is at 47.5. I, I like the over here, dollar ninety one. So... That that could be an avenue if you're not keen on on backing either one of these teams. It's just think, rooting sorry, for a shootout. Do you think Tampa has too many weapons? Like I know you've gone Atlanta, but don't you can't you see Tampa just having too many weapons for Atlanta's defense to stop? Yeah, I I true. It's I'm just not sure about Vincent Jackson. I know you mentioned he's still a legitimate weapon, but I just I'm not sure about Jameis's ability to, to use all of those weapons. I feel like he's very inconsistent at times. I think once they get down to the red zone, they have a lot of lot of weapons, and Doug Martin can get them there. But yeah, I I, I think it I think it'll be a shootout. But I just think that this Julio Atlanta uh, Julio Matt Ryan combination is so much better for Atlanta than anything Tampa Bay can produce in Week One. Anyway, I think that that Winston Evans combo can be really special. Um, but you mentioned the inconsistencies and, and things that they ha- issues they had last year, so it might take a little bit little bit of time for that to develop. Okay, yeah, right. it is a tough game to pick. As I said, my 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 bet in this one would be the over. I I think that it's going to be a shootout. 
Uh, all right, moving on. Minnesota and Tennessee. Uh, it's at, at Tennessee. There's no line or prices at the moment, obviously, after this uh, Sam Bradford trade. The talk is that he won't be starting. Sam Bradford won't be starting for Minnesota. But you don't know in the NFL. You no, just you don't, don't know. You don't trust coach speak. You don't trust general managers. Um, what they say is what they say. It's all. Uh, it's just all fun and games until the game kicks off. So if Sam Bradford does run out, that'll be great. But it is a lot to learn and a lot to take in. Um, what, four or five days before you, you're due to play? Yeah, I mean, if you're a Minnesota fan, what do you reckon? You're hoping for Sean Hill? You want Sean Hill or you want Sam Bradford? I think you want to see Sam Bradford. Yeah, me too. I Your think team's given up so much for him. Exactly. I think he would also be able to, you know, get down enough of a vanilla Minnesota offense in the limited time that he's there, just enough to be able to audible and things like that out of... And, you know, not create his own plays, but mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, so I think looking at this game, no matter... I, what do you think the line will be? Can you have a prediction? Well, it depends on who's at quarterback. I think it's just... Um, if Sean Hill plays, I think it could just be a pick em. Tennessee have looked pretty good in this, pre- this preseason. I know it's preseason, but they're, they're, their offense seems a lot better than everyone thought. That, that The exotic smash mouth is for real, but Minnesota's defense is too legit. Uh, like, I'm taking Minnesota either way. If the line's out at, like, 6.5 to 7, then I might consider taking Tennessee with a start. But who Who on... I mean, say there's like three, four names on the Tennessee defense that I would, you know, find, I don't know, legitimate, but the rest are just... Look, the defense is terrible. Can you see them this stopping Adrian Peterson? Can uh, you look, see them... Jarrell Casey is a guy that, that could be able to help in that aspect, but there's not much else outside of him. Brian Arakpo, maybe, but it's not... It's, it's not, not much. pleasant. It's not pleasant. Uh, look, Melvin Gordon in the preseason ran right. Uh, it was a pass catch, but the secondary is just wide open. So, you know, if Melvin Gordon can look like AP, imagine what AP can look like. Melvin Gordon. <laughs> 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 no, but it's, yeah, I think, all right, if Sam Bradford starts, I see the line being, say, minus four and a half to Minnesota. Something like that. Yep. So even with that line, I would say that that's good. Yeah, they'd win by a touchdown. Yeah, I think I think I'm taking Minnesota just straight if for all uh, intents and purposes here. I think that should be the rule for us moving forward. If there is no line, we just pick them straight. All right, makes it easier for us. Uh, Cincinnati minus two and a half on the road at the Jets plus two and a half. It's a pick them dollar ninety one apiece. Thoughts on this game? What I've seen from Fitzpatrick in the preseason, despite my love for him and my belief that he was a far better option than going into the season with Gino, I think he hasn't looked that impressive. So, I I mean, it's difficult because you, there's been games that Brandon Marshall hasn't been playing and things like that. So, going into the season, I'm not thrilled with the New York Jets. And as far as you know, I can see, Cincinnati has only gotten stronger. I I agree. Despite losing Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu, I just feel like they're just a, such a well-rounded team depth-wise. They're just so strong across the park. There's there's no real weakness. Tyler Boyd looks like he'll be fine. Brandon LaFell, he'll fill a role. Brandon LaFell, I, despite me ripping on him so often and him having hands you know, made of tissue paper, <laughs> he will. I can't see him being any worse than... Than Muhammad Sanu, Muhammad Sanu, and I think Boyd is going to come in and you know be a real asset to the offense. He's a great route runner, great in the slot, and that's what they need. And they can incorporate Jerry Bernard into that into that uh, passing game if need be. Anyway, so Carlos Dansby is an addition they made on defense as well, which sort of went unnoticed. Who's who was really good last year in a bad Cleveland defense, so it's hard to shine when you're in yep. the middle of crap. So the the Jets um, front seven they will stifle the run game. But then outside of that, the secondary and things, I don't see them being able to stop Cincinnati. Despite having Revis, but I think, you know, the decline of Revis's career has become evident in the yep. recent seasons. And looking offensively as well, huge concerns over the offensive line. Apart from Nick Mangold, question marks everywhere, especially at right tackle. Ben Igelano is starting at right tackle. If anyone doesn't know who that is, he was a former Colts pick. Absolute bust. He he was terrible. I think we we waived him after his second season um, as a rookie. Not not good to have him next to Brian Winters. Brian Winters once a great player, a shell of his former self. That's that's something that Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins could really exploit. And I think uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick 
will be under a lot of pressure early. And the thing with Ryan Fitzpatrick, he mentioned that in the preseason, is he's not afraid to make a throw, even under stress, like pressure. Even though he knows it's going to be a bad decision, he throws the ball anyway. And I think this Bengals defense could really take advantage on that and pounce on some uh, errant Fitzpatrick passes. I like the minus two and a half Cincinnati. I also do. Uh, moving on, Oakland plus one on the road against New Orleans minus one, $1.91. So basically a pick em at this point. But plus, you get an extra point for Oakland. Please. Love that. Welcome. I think this is going to be... There's there's no one better, really, as as an Oakland defense to test your unit out against than Drew Brees. Who, Absolutely. Who never just, you know, targets the his first look. He'll look everywhere. Yep. He'll try everything. He You know, he's a veteran, so he's been there, done that. He will search every avenue in your defense to try to find a way through. So this is definitely one test. If if Oakland come out shining against um, Drew Brees and the New Orleans offense, who I still think will put up points and put up yardage, oh, absolutely, it's their defense that has um, the concerns. I think Oakland will be you know have a good shot at you know going far into the season. Saying that, Oakland are a well-rounded team. Uh, yeah, both sides of the ball they it's look crazy legit. how quickly they've gotten. So strong. Yes. Their whole roster is young. They're, you know, powerful. They're all, you know, high-caliber players. And you have players such as Derek Carr, Amari Cooper. Latavius Murray, there are question marks to whether he's going to last the whole season with DeAndre Washington backing him up. A lot of people rate DeAndre Washington highly. It's a very young offensive unit. And then they have level-headed players on their offensive line, which is just a complete strength. And then they have Michael Crabtree, who's been there and done that at the highest level. So... The whole offense is, you know, a well-rounded unit. Carr's going to have plenty of time because the offensive, the defensive line of New Orleans isn't strong enough. I was just looking at this defensive lineup, and then you look at the Oakland offensive line. I can't see where New Orleans can win. Uh, Sheldon Rankins is injured as well at the moment. Their high-round pick. They're going to have to they rush nine. Paul, they added Paul Kruger, but look, I don't know what Paul Kruger they're going to get. Uh, he was great for. Cleveland two years ago was pretty good in Baltimore, but he's only had really one good season in the last few years. Can rush the passer, but it's against this offensive line. I, I just see them being so dominant. I think Latavius Murray is going to have a big day against this defense. It can it could get ugly against this front set. The the, the linebackers of James Laurinaitis and Danell Ellaby just ugh, oh boy, that's that's scary. That's that's not fun at all for the Saints D. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus one at a dollar ninety one. Thank you. I will take that. It is. T- it, you are a little bit. There's a little back in your back of the head, back of your mind. Drew Brees just pulls one out for the ages. Like he, it wouldn't. Drew Brees would never surprise you in the Saints. Like if the Saints win against Carolina or Green Bay, it wouldn't shock you because Drew Brees is that type of player. Of course. Yep. But you got to follow that. that you, that's just good value there. You have to uh, consider that long and hard. Another division game. Uh, we've already had one with Tampa Bay and Atlanta, San Diego and Kansas City. At Arrowhead Stadium, the line is seven minus seven dollar ninety five for Kansas City plus seven dollar eighty seven. Me and you are on the same wavelength here. We, we like San Diego plus seven. I, I feel like this division's one of the closest in the entire NFL. I think this division, NFC East and AFC South, are all neck and neck, and yep. you wouldn't be surprised if anyone won it. Maybe Tennessee and Philadelphia, maybe. Yep. But outside of those, I think very, very even divisions. This going into this game, looking at San Diego, Philip Rivers always keeps divisional games close. God, he's, I admire his courage and his fight in these games. Always, he always finds a way. He would just make the throws that he needs to. He's been there, done that. And saying that, Kansas City, you know, are favourites for a reason. They have a they they're a very well put together team. Mm. Missing Justin Houston yeah, I was just about to say. is going to hurt them the oh, most. Boy. I don't think people are understanding his, the loss of Justin Houston and its significance that it's going to play on the defense. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Tamba Harley is going to have to... Well, they're easing him into it too. There's an article that they're easing him and Jamal Charles into the season because of injury concerns from last year. They're, they're, they're taking their time with both of them. Tamba Harley's workload is going to have to be expedited. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to have to be, you know... It's but that's be... probably why they're not doing it. It's tough because you, you, you need him to help, but if you throw him into the wolves, you could lose him for the entire season. All right, looking at this lineup, looking at the, the teams and how they match up though, right? So the San Diego secondary, we've mentioned on numerous, numerous podcast episodes of ours that 
has been completely revamped and it, it looks legit. It looks very good on paper. We haven't seen it in action in, in its entirety yet. So the biggest um, hole on the San Diego defense is definitely their linebackers to me. Yep. Yeah? And their fronts, uh, their, fr- their yep. front seven in general. Yep. Except then Kansas City's whole attack revolves around the short passing game. Yep. So that could be a problem. That mm-hmm. could be a problem. The front seven and their inability to cover, you know, the quick slants and things that Alex Smith un- is known for, the short curl routes and things like that. Yep. But outside of that, I just see San Diego getting it done. Not mm-hmm. like even just winning. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't wouldn't sh- shock me that this. Yeah, Kansas City defense has a little bit of rust. No, and th- this game to me should is should be so much closer to a pick'em. Yeah, and then and yet the line is seven. I feel so like everyone's just across the board, not just bookmakers, just everywhere is just criminally underrating San Diego. I don't understand it. I'm going to take advantage of it, um, and I'm happy to be wrong about it. But is there like why? Why are you happy to be wrong? Don't be, don't oh, be happy to be wrong. That's fine. It's fine, but. The value's there. I think it's a value. Like, you can get them at $7 at some places to win the division. That just seems just absolutely madness to me. Is there, like, a closer quarterback in terms of fight and just just throwing it gunslinger style to Brett Favre in the NFL and Phil Rivers? Like, the guy just, I don't know, Jay the Cutler. energy, the the fight, the courage. I, I, I really love Phil Rivers. and I as As much criticism as one quarterback can get for consistently putting up great numbers... I don't know who else there is out there that, you know, could take that continuous criticism and beating and going through teams that just are clearly lacking in one aspect. Yep. And he, yet... He doesn't care. And put up great numbers know, every year. He just keeps doing it. It's just crazy. I, I love San Diego plus seven. I, I might take him straight as well. Arrowhead doesn't phase Phil Rivers. He, do, he doesn't care about Arrowhead. He's been there before. He's won there before. He's won there as an underdog in week one before. So it's it's it. It's an interesting game. Uh, this one, biggest line of the week. Miami plus 10.5 on the road. Central Link Field, Seattle, minus 10.5, $1.91 each way. This could get ugly very quickly. Seattle, Russell Wilson looks in phenomenal form. Should be able to exploit that Miami secondary, which is probably the, one of the worst in the NFL. It's up there with Chicago's. But Miami's front seven, very, very strong. Seattle lack on offensive line. But the thing... <laughs> Thing with uh, Russell Wilson is that doesn't phase him. Uh, the condensed pocket, we said. I think we said last week that Russell will lead the league in pirouette touchdowns. He'll be pirouetting and darting and spinning around uh, like there's no tomorrow, and just prolonging the plays. and And players like Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett feast off that. They get open and they they have lightning speed. And I, I, this Seattle team, I just and I can see their front seven just mauling Ryan Tannehill behind that offensive line as well. When I look at Miami's offense and how they're going to score points. As much as Arian Foster wants to, you know, have a long season, this might not be the best game to go into hoping to start your season healthy. He might be completely... He, I think he's going to have a tough time finding any yardage against this the front seven of Seattle. And then when I think about what they have going with their wide receivers, all their wide receivers seem slight and, you know, slot receivers, that kind of thing. And that just doesn't bode well for them. Except for Devante Parker, who isn't progressing very well. Yes, so see, so you've got players like that, and look at look at the secondary that Seattle has. They're going to they're going to rough them up, and it's not Punish if it was them. if it was at Miami at home, it would be it Seattle would still be favourites, but you're going to CenturyLink Field that is just you know notorious for making people feel unwelcome, uncomfortable, and. Miami, it could it could turn out really ugly. I'm I'm higher on Miami than most people. I think Gase will be able to get the best out of Tannehill and you know have a somewhat normal above average season. Yep. But Seattle might it's destroy. A tough, them. It's a tough road trip for Miami first two weeks at Seattle at New England. Like it's just that's a rough trip. Cor- different corners of the continent and two of the best teams in the NFL. It's really tough. Duran Reed, their uh, rookie defensive tackle, some is starting for them. You thought Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill were a great combo. Now you've got Jerron Reed in the middle there with with Ruben. Ruben and Reed, um, that's a great, just a great combination of them to stop that run and, and plug some holes and really make it diff, make like t- tough for Foster, like you just said. So I'm taking Seattle minus ten and a half. Me too. Yep. All right, let's move on to Detroit plus four on the road at Indianapolis minus four. It's a pick 'em at a dollar ninety one. Uh, thoughts on this game? To be honest, I just look at it 
and I see Detroit having too much up front in their in their defensive front seven to uh, to disrupt what Andrew Luck can have. Mm. I'm looking at it a different way. I'm seeing no Colts secondary stopping Golden Tate and Marvin Jones. That's that's what I'm seeing it. All right, I, I mean, think Luck will put up points, but I just think Detroit will put up more points. All right. Look, but, I, yeah, but, I agree with you. Like Ziggy Ansah can really tr- trouble Costanza or or whoever's playing right tackle at this point. I'm not sure because there's a few injuries on our offensive line already. Well, what? they're the, they're the two biggest things. If Indianapolis can somehow you know close down even even just one of the wide receivers and hope that the other one you know has fumbleitis, mm. it, it's you know it's possible. But I just I can't see it going well. In it's week so one. tough to to stop anyone. Without Vontae Davis in our secondary now, and especially with not just anyone, especially Golden Tate and Marvin Jones, like there's there's two studs, two wide receiver ones. I, I'm really worried. This is going to be a high scoring affair, a lot of points. I I hope Luck can pull something out of the bag, but I'm I'm extremely worried. Uh, my preseason predictions, I picked the Colts, but the the longer this game goes on, I'm I'm really leaning towards Detroit winning something, winning this game. And the Colts being in a little bit more trouble. Maybe it's just the Colts fan in me. I'm a little bit biased towards the Colts, so my bets on them this year don't. I would tread with caution. Yeah, that's yeah. mine with Philly. Yep, uh, I, I like Detroit plus four. I think it's going to be a shootout. Maybe a field goal in it, or you're down a field goal and you got to kick a, you got to score to win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got Detroit plus four. Me too. All right, uh, New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys again. No line uh, with this one, given the Dak Prescott, Tony Romo. Drama, I'd imagine it'd be close to a pick because it's tough to really just thinking about, oh, who would win this game? Pre-recording, we were talking about who we would take to win this game. It's uh, it's an interesting one. It, it, there's just so much unknowns with it. With Dak, looks, Dak has looked like a superstar in the preseason. This is a whole different kettle of fish. It's a completely different kettle of fish, and I think people are looking into it thinking Zeke looks incredible, which he does, and he's been going up against like first string defenses some of the time in preseason and he's been just as successful against the first string as he has been against the second and third so he he looks great Dak Prescott has looked great but we've said it before that some of the touchdowns and things that he's thrown have been against lucky. have been a bit lucky have been against you know basic schemes and things like that yep. and he hasn't experienced you know um an Olivier Vernon JPP Harrison kind of front that's going to be running at him hard. And also, if it comes down to it, I see New York just, depending on how much success Zeke has early on, them stacking the box and saying, Pres- Prescott, like, try and beat us through the air. Mm. And if it comes down to that, I mean, I know we're not the biggest fans of Jenkins, but he's, you know, at an above, above average corner in the NFL. Yep. And he might, like, he would just be, in my opinion, he will be put on Des. With some safety help. With some safety help. That would be my approach if I was McAdoo anyway. I, I just, I can't, I don't even know what, what to expect from from Dak Prescott. I just, I honestly don't know. Like, it wouldn't shock me if he keeps continuing what he was doing. And it wouldn't shock me if he just fizzles out. And it's just, remember Sam Bradford looked good in the preseason last year? Against Green Bay, dropped an absolute bucket and everyone thought, wow, like Philly looks good. And I mean, Philly have won ju- four from, oh, this preseason. Yeah, and people just picked Philly to win all these things last year off those off those performances and it just didn't translate into the NFL because you get the vanilla schemes and vanilla defenses like you said so I just think that the offensive line will be too dominant for them I know Ver- I love Olivier Vernon we were high on him we still are high on him and JPP despite the hand injuries looked really good but I just think that this offensive line can really help open up holes for Zeke and I- I'm taking Dallas I'm taking New York in there that we one go. we're split on one all right New England at Away against uh, Arizona. Game is in Arizona, as I've just said. Minus six for Arizona, $1.91. Plus six for New England at $1.91. No Tom Brady. Jimmy Garoppolo gets the start. That's huge. I'd imagine this game would be a lot different story, obviously, if Tom Brady was playing. From what we've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo, he does like to throw those short to intermediate passes, which is what the Patriots like to do. But just a little bit unsure of himself in the pocket as opposed to a Tom Brady, which you would come to expect. One's played in the NFL for 12 years and is a future Hall of Famer. And one's a second-round rookie, a third-year player that was taken to the second round that's barely played an NFL snap. And for that reason, that's why the line is minus six. And I'm comfortable taking Arizona. I think they'll be too good. 
I do like New England's defense to keep them competitive uh, early on with some a little bit of rust from the Cardinals, who have shown some in the preseason. But you imagine that they'll iron those out, and Bruce Arians will have his boys ready. And if and if they haven't, they're, if they're behind at halftime or tied at halftime, that paint will be falling off the walls from Arians screaming, and they'll come in and, and should dominate in the second half. I'm taking Arizona minus six. I'm taking Arizona minus six as well. I think if Brady was playing, it'd be. I think it'd be a pick'em. I think it'd be very close. I think New England's defense will keep Arizona honest, and I do think Palmer, you know, won't have it all his own way, and nor will Arizona. But this Arizona defense is going to make it very tough for Garoppolo. I think if you know if Garoppolo doesn't um, target downfield and he does go to his safety like short short game, I think he, I don't, I can't see them getting too many yards. That. Mm. The secondary for Arizona swarms to the ball. Yeah, Dion Buchanan on yeah. James White. They 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 will swarm to the ball. So I don't think they're going to have you know too much success that way. But saying that, who knows? It's, it's Bill Belichick. That's it. Pittsburgh minus three away at dollar uh, eighty seven at Washington plus three at dollar ninety five. Wouldn't surprise me if Washington win this game. Um, we, Pittsburgh. We, we, we've mentioned this. Pittsburgh are renowned to have a slow start, but then again. This offense is so high-powered and so flawless that we saw Ben Roethlisberger play two preseason drives in the in the preseason, preseason drives in the preseason. Who would have thought that? And just score on both of them, and just looked utterly amazing. And it would be wouldn't shock us at all if they just come in and dominate this game from start to finish. I'm not convinced by Kirk Cousins still hasn't won against an uh, you know above-average team over 500. So this is his chance to really show something against a, a really heavy AFC favorite, but. I just think Pittsburgh's offense will have too much for them. Even with no Le'Veon Bell, D'Angelo Williams will be fine. Washington's defense is great; is is not bad. Um, I think people are overrating it because Josh Norman's there. Obviously, their corner pairing's great, but there's still a lot of holes on that front seven. I know Preston Smith's there now, and second-year player, and really is really good and really exciting. But apart from that, there's some some game some holes that Pittsburgh can exploit in this game. I don't want to go into it. Too much, but you know, like you like you mentioned, until I see something from Kirk Cousins against a team, and you know, keep he's got to go clutch. This is going to be, I think, this will be a high-scoring game if Cousins can keep him in it, competitive for a long time. Then they have a chance, but you know, they got he's going to have to keep coming out and keep just you know sustaining drives. Pittsburgh's defense has improved; it's not outstanding. But then at the same time, it's it's kind of Cousins being under the pressure of, you know, I haven't beaten a 500-plus team, that kind of thing. Antonio Brown versus Josh Norman uh, is going to be fun watch. I'll take that every day of the it's week. It's going to be a really, really, Antonio. really fun watch. I have my money on Antonio Brown to win that matchup. Pittsburgh minus three? Yep, especially after seeing Antonio Brown destroy Chris Harris so easily. I can see him doing it to Josh Norman. All right, the last game, and it's an absolute blockbuster, Josh. It's just a humongous game to wrap up week one. Uh, at the big bell bottom, as uh, Chris Berman likes to say, mm-hmm. it's at the Levi Jean Stadium. We've got uh, Case Keenum and the Los Angeles Rams, minus two and a half favorites at $1.87, taking on Blaine Gabbert, the real American, and the San Francisco 49ers, plus two and a half at $1.95. It's the one-year anniversary of the Hain game. Uh, where he muffed his first punt. But uh, thoughts on this blockbuster? Just a stunning match, mate. Yeah. <laughs> how about this? You got to be kidding me! I mean, how do you watch the? I mean, yeah, they stink. I'm not Is that sure. Accurate? Yeah, I'm not sure how much I, how excited I can get watching a Case Keenum-led Rams team coached by Jeff Fisher going into San Francisco. Against a team that's just, you know, doesn't show really anything. <laughs> it's laughable, really. It is. Um, I'm going San Fran because I just see them having, <laughs> having. I don't know, just they, they're at home and I, I see Chip, 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 Chip Kelly's going to come out and not have like a ridiculous game plan, but he's going to have them moving. I see them having them just moving. They're going to kind of... Like what he did in Philadelphia, he's going to go from side to side, and I think that is their best weapon. I think it's just you know a a you know a a change in their offense is just going to. There's not going to be anything that Los Angeles has seen before because no one's seen San Francisco play a new way like this. So I think that's just going to make the Los Angeles Rams uncomfortable. And seriously, just based on the fact that Case Keenum is going into San Fran doesn't doesn't scream success for me. No, 
the one strength of this San Fran team is their like front seven: Armstead, Dorsey, Buckner, Brooks, Bowman, Tank Carradine. That's something that they're pretty good at. That they can, they should be able to be able to stop some runs, and that's the one thing that LA can do okay at is running the ball through Todd Gurley. So I can see the, I can see San Fran giving it a really good go, and Navarro Bowman firing up for this because he'll he'll love the challenge of taking on Todd Gurley. So I can see them. Uh, you know, matching up with Gurley for a little bit and keeping this game close and interesting at plus two and a half. Plus, they've got to win a game somewhere, and I'm looking at their schedule, and, I'm, and I find it hard to give them wins. So I think this is one game that they can win, and I really don't want them to go winless. I think they I need to win a game. Remember, they did win, a, surprisingly, in their opener last year against Minnesota, a much better team than L.A. So uh, the first week is always tough with a bit of rust and, and different issues. So it's a good opportunity in week one for teams, especially you know, underdogs to get up and, and get a victory. This is this is their best shot especially of the season early, to especially get Especially early on. Yeah. But you look at their receiving core, this is just ugly. Torrey Smith, Aaron Burbridge is starting, and Quinton Patton. However, against, see, for Philadelphia, they made Jeez. Riley Cooper relevant, and the number one wide receiver in Philadelphia, when Chip Kelly was there, always had some success. So, Torrey Smith, oh, look I for like, him. I like Torrey Smith, but Aaron Burbridge and Quinton Patton, they're not scaring defenses. They're household names, Josh. You should know them. Both. Sorry. Oh, well, Aaron Burbridge is a rookie, so we'll wait and see how that pans out. But, yeah, I, I, I like San Fran plus two and a half. I'm not confident in it, but they need to win something, so I'm, I'm going with that. All right. All right, let's get on to our next segment. The Wooten Y Lock of the Week, proudly brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. What's your lock of the week? My lock of the week. Arizona minus six against New England. I can't see them not prevailing over Garoppolo-led Patriots. Yep. I was going to take that, but we're going to try and mix it up and have a different one each week. So I'm taking the Green Bay Packers minus four and a half on the road against Jacksonville. I think there's a little bit of hype put into that line and people are a little bit scared about Jacksonville. So I think that line's there for the taking. I'm confident that they'll win and, and should cover by t- by a touchdown or 10 points or something like that. Yeah, if we had to, if we had to make... Um you know, a parlay or a multi, I would take Arizona, Green Bay, and Oakland. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to throw in Oakland. And if you're really confident on an over-under, I think the Tampa Bay, Atlanta, or the Detroit Indy game should have plenty of points in it. All right, that's the week one lines. We've done week one. It's finally here. It's amazing. It's just crazy. Week one is here, you know, as I said at the I top. Felt like, I felt like we were whinging for so long, and now it's here, and it's just yeah. overwhelming, and it's creeping it's, up on me, crazy. and I'm unprepared and ill-prepared, and all the different yeah. bad prepareds. It's it's nuts. It's crazy how slow, like, June, July, and uh, June and July go, and then August is so quick. It just goes lightning quick. And I think the Olympics sort of sped that up a little bit. Right. Yep. All right, that's the show. I hope you uh, enjoy week one, and we'll be back next week to, to recap all the week one action and preview Thursday night football featuring the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills and get into a bit of a rhythm. And enjoy week one, and uh, we'll be back soon. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at JYNFL. I'm at Woot, etc. You can follow the show at Woot and Y. Remember, gamble responsibly, williamhill.com.au. You can follow the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and Radio Hub. Good luck, everyone. 